Welcome back to another episode of Pineapples and French Fries. I'm your host, Solomon Dudley. Side note, this is not a podcast about food, but life. We talk about challenges, obstacles, and the things that make life really, really cool. So stay tuned for today's episode. Talk to y'all soon. Welcome back to the episode. Uh, Today I have the opportunity to uh, talk to a good friend of mine by the name of Andrew Sawyer. He and his brother run the Sawyer Development Institute for Hockey. Um, They focus on developing the next generation of hockey players and just all-around great athletes. Um, We talk about some great things in this episode, so uh, stay tuned. Welcome back to the show. Uh, this is Pineapples and French Fries, as I have been graciously having the opportunity to talk to you all today. Um, I have good friend Andrew Sawyer on today. Uh, so excited for this one. We'll have the opportunity to talk about a few different things, but Andrew, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Solomon. Nice to, uh, nice to be speaking with you today. Sweet, sweet. So we met officially um during u of m dearborn ice hockey season so i guess background i was a team manager for a season of ice hockey and team manager for a season of lacrosse Mm -hmm. uh andrew and i met during hockey um and you were one of the assistant coaches i believe correct yep that's correct so uh 19 2019 20 season yes uh yeah right before COVID hit so (laughs) yep yeah, right before the world changed. Sweet. Um, so just some background. You, of course, didn't just start as an assistant coach in hockey. You, of course, have played for a good chunk of time. Mm-hmm. If you want to just talk a little bit about your journey playing hockey and growing up in sports and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my parents are both from Trenton, Michigan. Um, Trenton, Michigan is, uh, very, very big in hockey, specifically their, their high school hockey program and their youth program. Um, when my, uh, parents first, uh, were dating and then when they first got married, uh, just as something to do. And, and as hockey fans, uh, they went to the, the home home games for Trenton high school. Um, so much so that the parents and of the of the players at the time they would basically reserve the the first row on one of the sections for my parents and they were just like I said just you know young uh young people in their 20s with you know not a ton going on just something to do a couple days a week they would go to the games um fast forward you know a few years later I was born um I was born in February we always joked that you know I was born and then like that weekend my parents got a babysitter for me so that they could go to the game uh, and then, uh, shortly after that, you know, I was always taken to the games as a baby and, uh, my brother, a few years later, same thing, you know, he was born, went to his first game, probably when it was a couple months old. So, um, we, we grew up going to every game. We went to pretty much every high school game, um, at Trenton until we were basically too busy with our own schedules. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're playing our own, our own practices and games and, you know, couldn't be the fans primarily, um, then, you know, grew up, uh, you know, playing hockey. I played other sports as well, a little bit of everything, uh, but hockey was always, you know, primary. And then, uh, you know, I played played through high school at Trenton. Uh, I played a year of juniors and then got right into coaching at 19. So 
Um, when I was 19, I, uh, you know, was just ready to, to quit playing and, you know, focus on the next chapter in my life. Um, I didn't necessarily anticipate it would just be coaching, but um, within, you know, a couple of weeks of being done, um, someone had reached out to me, a, a youth coach in the community had reached out and asked if I could, you know, just come out and skate with the kids. Um, I ended up running that practice, fell in love with it, um, thought that I could just do that spring and just kind of have fun with it. Um, I'm very competitive, so I thought I wouldn't let necessarily get upset if we lost. I could just kind of go to the rink and, you know, stay involved and have fun. Um, we lost our first game, and I got in the car after. I was extremely upset and uh, just knew that I, you know, needed to contribute more, and it just kind of lit a fire in me. Um, shortly after that, that coach ended up leaving the team. He went to coach his son elsewhere, and uh, I was basically given the opportunity to head coach that team at, at 19. And, um, you know, I guess four or five years later, I was uh, coaching with U of M Dearborn and, you know, that's when we met. So uh, it's kind of a little background on the playing and then starting coaching. Sweet. So um, it's a lot of hockey. <laughs> yep. Did you ever get tired of it at all? Or have you always kept that or has that, like, has that passion always stuck with you from when you started to I guess where you are now um, if you want to talk a little bit about that yeah uh, I think passion is the right word I think uh, it's I've, I've definitely always loved hockey um, you know before you even really know what a passion is or what a love is mm -hmm. it just it was my identity it was like who I was in a mm -hmm. good way but as I got older it, it kind of became a, a negative in a sense whenever I whenever I decided to stop playing um, mm -hmm people were like, why are you done? Like it, they didn't even really know me as a person. It was kind of like they only knew Andrew as a hockey player. And I guess in a yeah. sense, I only knew myself as a hockey player as well. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, my passion was always there. I, I you know, kind of a, a misconception for me personally was people thought that I was done playing because I didn't like hockey anymore. I didn't love it. That's the, that's not the truth at all. Um, I just wanted to, you know, pursue other parts in life. And thankfully I was able to kind of navigate a, a route where hockey has always been a part of it uh just in a different way so to answer the initial question the passion the love has always been there uh it's evolved over time um but mm -hmm. you know i love hockey at 27 the same way that i did when i was two years old and just started skating so um it's it's evolved but it's it's always been there yeah i, I like i definitely like the word evolving just because like i mean i can relate in the sense of things evolving over time while you were doing hockey I was probably in dance class somewhere um yeah sure. and it's evolved like my love for the arts has evolved but it's the passion has always been there as I grow up I've had to find a different way to kind of keep that passion going because mm -hmm. like we get older and we have to find a new way to just to enjoy life but yeah. also keep those things alive that we kind of know to be true from day one yeah, so absolutely. yeah um so sawyer development institute i have been following the instagram for a little while mm -hmm. for those of you who do not know what it is um if you could just talk a little about about what you have started right now and just mm -hmm. kind of like the inception of it um but also just like how long it's taking you to mm -hmm. get this like almost like your baby to like be born <laughs> yeah. uh, for lack of a better word. Yeah, so absolutely. 
speak. Yeah. Um, so Sawyer Development Institute, uh, we go by SDI, uh, just the three letters. So um, my brother is, uh, Griff is three years younger than me or two and a half years younger than me. Uh, we started SDI as a uh, workout program, basically, when we, when I was first getting into coaching at 19 years old, uh, we wanted to, you know, help kids do their off-season training and whatnot. So uh, we literally created a logo, created a name, invited the kids that we were coaching, which at the time they were, you know, 13, 14 years old, uh, mm -hmm. to start coming over to our garage and working out in our garage in the summer. Um, it started that summer in 2015 and basically just continued to grow. Um, that first summer we had pretty much, you know, the kids we were coaching and some of their brothers and then their buddies came, then their brother's buddies came and it just kind of evolved from there. Um, mm -hmm. That first summer we had, I think it was 35 total kids came and worked out and our and just worked out. It was all off ice training, uh, primarily hockey players, but there were, you know, it was open to, you know, other athletes and whatever as well. Um, hmm. then from there, it just, you know, the next year we did workouts off the ice and then we got on ice stuff going. Um, and then, you know, a couple years later we had bought, uh, you know, ice that really was a couple hundred hours of ice for the summer. So it was really our, our full-time thing in the summer. Um, and that was, you know, summer 17, summer 18, summer 19, and just kind of kept growing from there. Um, cause we, we were in, you know, school and we, we were in college. My brother was still playing hockey during all of this. So it was the, you know, kind of a perfect summer, uh, you know, thing to be working on. And then, uh, we didn't do anything in 2020, um, but mm -hmm. then 2021, 2022, and then, and then still here now this upcoming summer, uh, we have our, uh, our league going on. So as far as, you know, what we've done over the years, the different programs we've had, you know, started off with doing off ice. Then we had, you know, like individual skill development sessions with small groups. Then we had a camp with, you know, anywhere from 15 to 25 kids on the ice at a time, uh, multiple sessions. And then we have uh, our league, which is uh, our league is the one thing the players like when we when we went through COVID and we all took that break in 2020, um, we wanted to make sure that we incorporated the league again. Um, you know, mm -hmm. and I started working full time. Uh, you know, Griff was busy with school and whatnot. So all the kids were like, we understand you guys are busy, but you have to do the four on four league. So um, it's a, it's a June, it's mainly July, June, July, August type setup. Uh, mm -hmm. But we enjoy it. it. Keeps us at the rink. Players love it, you know, to just come and, you know, play in a league in the summer. It's not as serious or as intense as the real season, but it, it's fun. Keeps them prepared. That mm -hmm. So it's been, it's been a, uh, a lot of evolving over the years for sure. That's cool that there has been well, number one, consistency that like to build something takes consistency. And the mm -hmm. fact that it's been going on for that am amount of time, yep, that's one thing. But also, you're a human as well. So you have your own doubts and fears. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about <clears throat> the journey just like with your own self building something like this with your brother, because some people would get discouraged, mm -hmm. but to get to, well, to be discouraged, but also to keep going is another thing. Um, so yeah, if you want to talk a little, a little bit about that, but also um, I was on Instagram, of course, just scrolling through some posts and I saw that you were told no by people 
and you were like, well, they told you this would not work. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk a little, talk a little bit about that, I know it's a two pronged question, but yeah. whatever direction you want to go with that, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, so the one thing that I'll, I'll point out to start is obviously there's there's you know self doubt, self belief, and all that. But Griff, my brother, we are partners 50 50 on everything with SDI. So um, you know there's there's times whenever I'm doing more of it, or he's doing more of it, or there's different scenarios, but everything SCI is Andrew and Griff, you know, through and through together. So um, as far as, you know, belief and understanding and, you know, the ideas and the excitement, it was never just me. Uh, you know, the initial start of getting it going, uh, that was led a little bit more by me. But other than that, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's me and Griff on everything. And, uh, you know, obviously we're brothers, best friends. So having him as, as, a, as a brother, a best friend, and as, I guess, a business partner too, um, yeah. that helps with everything along the way. Um, the, uh, times I've told no, were kind of some of those difficulties from, of doubters and whatnot, um, are some of my, my favorite stories in life thus far. Mm -hmm. Uh, they, you know, a few that, that really st stick out for me, um, before SDI was actually started in the spring. Uh, so March, April of that, of 2015, um, mm -hmm. I had worked a spring break camp a hockey camp for, for another local business. Um, and the thought was, and I had already thought about, you know, down the road someday, you know, starting our own thing and running that, but that was like a, a down the road thing. Um, mm -hmm. Long story short, worked at spring break, anticipated working there that summer as more of a, you know, full-time thing as I was getting ready for college and whatnot. And they, uh, they basically told me they didn't have room for me. They were, they were already set. They basically, mm. in a way, told me I was a little too young to even be doing it, to be with their their spot, even on their staff. Even though the guys wow. that were working there were, you know, a few years older, they were, you know, in their 20s, mid 20s. Mm. Uh, but it was just too, too, uh, they, were, they were full on that aspect. I was like, all right, I'm going to start my own. So me, 19 and Griff, 16, we started doing our, those, those off-ice workouts. A um, couple years later, we tried to buy ice at that rink. Um, and we were told uh, we cannot buy ice there because they are completely catering to that one company. Um, so we were forced to go um, basically scramble, talk to different rinks, get ice contracts there. Um, and this was in uh, a February of uh, 2017. So, um, you know, this, the spring, the summer starts, you need everything in order. You get started like normally the, the week the kids get out of school. So, you know, mid-June. We're in February mm -hmm. and they are told they can't do any ice for us. So called around a few rinks. They all told us they were melting. They, they weren't going to have ice that summer. And uh, finally I called, I called one, I called Lincoln park and they were like, um, yeah, we can, we can talk. So me and Griff drove over there and uh, he basically said, we walked in, we sat down and he's like, yeah, we're, uh, we're melting for the summer. And I was like, okay, why, why'd you not tell me that on the phone? You know, kind of got a little yeah. frustrated and, and he's like, well, how much ice are you wanting? And we told him the amount, I think it was somewhere in the range of 120 to 160, somewhere in that range. And mm -hmm. uh, he did some quick calculations. We talked about some of the numbers and he's like, all right, we'll stay open. So he basically had to go to the city, make sure they were okay with it. And they completely changed their whole summer plan. They were gonna, they were gonna melt the ice, uh, you know, saves money to keep the ice yeah, to, to melt for the summer because they can you know rent it out for parties and graduation and whatnot and mm -hmm. they literally did the math 
kept it open just for us. Um, and uh, it was successful. We walked in, you know, gave them pretty nice size check uh, for ice for the summer. Ice is not cheap. Uh, worked the whole summer. And then finally, one day in late July, we finally broke even with all of the ice. We paid our last ice bill, paid everything. And for the next, you know, month or so, me and Griff were able to actually make a little bit, a little bit of money, which to that point, we hadn't even really thought about the fact that we were going to make money. We just thought about, wow, we're going to grow this and have this camp. It's going to be fun. We're going to work with all these, all these kids. And then it was like, oh yeah, you get to make money off this thing. So that was, you know, a cool part. Um, mm -hmm. from there, you know, we, we learned a lot, made, made adjustments and grew, but, um, you know, kind of an, another scenario was, um, there was a time when there was another local camp that was, um, also in the area and had worked with other players that, you know, we were in contact with and, um, they were rightfully so a, a little upset that their players were considering doing other programs. Um, mm -hmm. and basically I received an email at, at 2 AM from one of those, one of those other coaches who told me and Griff that we were way too young to be doing any of this. We didn't know what we were doing. We were, we were not qualified. We didn't play at a high enough level. We haven't coached long enough. And he specifically said eight years is how long we, we last. He said, camps like you guys last for eight years. And I don't know why he chose eight, but he chose eight. And it's a magic number. <laughs> weird number. And he had been doing it um, for way longer than eight years. But, uh, you know, all these things. And I remember eight years. Uh, last year was our eighth year. This year, 2023, will be our ninth. So there was a little bit of, you know, a little uh, excitement just kind of knowing that was that number for us. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, it was just kind of at the bottom of this long email. And, uh, I basically, you know, I, I apologize to him for, you know, being in communication with his players. But at the same time, I mean, if his players are interested in coming to skate elsewhere, that's that's life. Um, yeah. It's handling it a certain way. There's difference between going behind someone's back. And that's not what we were doing. We were just, you know, talking to players and players that wanted to skate with us. And that's what we were we were doing. So, um, yeah, those are those are the big time, the you know, a couple of the big examples um, you know, the biggest thing too, is our age has always been a thing. Uh, not, not so much right now because, uh, you know, I'm 27, but starting coaching at 19, you know, I started coaching at 19 and the, the first team I coached, I was head coach and they were, they were 13 and 14. So, um, you know, kind of a, a story about that was, um, you know, I was, I've always been miss, uh, Miss, I, I thought they, a lot of people around the rink thought I was a player when I would walk into the, the, the games with the team. And uh, there was one story the, the first year I was coaching and my assistant coach was uh, in his fifties. So, you know, he looked like a coach, like he looked like a youth coach and he played walked, the role. Yeah. 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 So we walked into a, uh, a tournament and typically when you get to a tournament, you know, the head coach has to go sign in, check in their team. We walked mm -hmm. in and the tournament director from across the room saw me and my assistant coach and he goes, Hey, you're good, buddy. Only the coaches have to sign in. And I'm like, I know. Thanks. I am a coach. And he's like, he's like, oh, no, you're good, buddy. Only the head coaches have to sign in. And I'm like, no, I, that's me. I'm, I am. I'm the head coach. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't mean that in like, a, you know, in a it like puff my chest way. It was just kind of like, yeah, I, I'm 19. I look young and I am young, but I'm, I'm here to coach the kids. And, um, you know, by the time I was, um, what 25 I, I believe it was either 25 or 26 I had coached 
uh, every single age group from five years old all the way through college, at least one season at each year. So, uh, you know, five years old, six, seven, eight, all the way through college uh, by the time I finished college. So uh, that was, uh, you know, kind of a cool, rare scenario. And it was just because I I coached so much and you know, I coached three or four teams few years in a row, two teams, other years, and uh, just a lot of being at the rink, a lot of coaching. I bet you get some nice satisfaction from seeing, well, number one, you're talking to every single age range. That's pretty much like primarily in hockey, of course, like, of course, mm-hmm. older, but um I bet you get a lot of satisfaction from seeing the growth and transformation from the beginning of the camp to the end of the camp, but also like you're watching guys and girls grow up from five to now. And it's like, that's so cool. Like that's like, that's what teacher, like that's the satisfaction that teachers get with like students, but you're doing it with hockey and coaching, but you're also 27 and you're young but it's like I think that's just so cool yeah that's so cool. Yeah. um you know when I was when I was coaching like with you if I'm Dearborn that year with you uh you know I was I was younger than some of the guys on that team which you know that was that was kind of a, a scenario to not necessarily navigate because you know I, and as a coach I believe that you just need to be yourself every players whether they're five or they're 25 they can tell mm-hmm. if you're being if you're if you're fake if you're just trying to act like someone you're not they can see right through it. They know. Uh, so I always, you know, I, I just try to be myself and, you know, be genuine and, and treat players the, the same way, regardless of who they are um, and or how old they are. But that is, you know, that was something interesting. And, um, you know, the cool thing is, is the first guys that I coached, those guys are their O2 birth years. So they're turning 22 years old this year. Um, you know, those guys are not that much different in age when you're 19 and they're 13. It seems like there's a gap when you're 27 and 22, like it's, it's not that big of a difference. Yeah. And, you know, it's cool because I, I have players, former players of all different aspects of life. And, you know, some are, some are in college, some are in high school, some are graduated, some are getting their jobs. Some have been working for a few years. And, you know, those, those relationships that me and me and my brother uh, have with our former players don't just end when the season ends, you know, I, I, I talk to some of my former players all the time, not just about hockey. You know, they'll they'll text me about funny things that have happened. They'll text me about work, school, you know, advice on this. And I learn a lot from them, too. So mm. it's not just a, a one way street with that. So. I love that. Love that. So scenario, seven year old Andrew walks into a room. Mm. You walk into the same room with him. What do you think? each other well each of you would say to each other for lack of a better word um so what would seven-year-old andrew tell you today and then what would you tell seven-year-old andrew as well yeah, anything so, anything yeah, great great scenario uh a great hypothetical uh seven-year-old andrew was so focused like most of this conversation obviously been about hockey uh he was very focused on hockey and specifically playing for for trenton high school um, we dreamed about winning a state championship there. When I say we, I mean me, Griff, you know, my brother, my family. Uh, mm-hmm. We dreamed about that. We were able to actually live that out. You know, my senior year, I, I was a senior. Griff was a sophomore. We won states together on the team together. 
Um, so knowing that, you know, as a seven-year-old, that was all that mattered. Like I, we wanted to go to the NHL. We wanted to play hockey in college and that whole thing. But at that specific point in my life, knowing at seven years old that we will at one point accomplish that and like live out our dream. You know, we played street hockey and played mini sticks, you know, pretending we were in the state championship with Trenton. You know, we weren't, we weren't thinking about the Red Wings every day. We were thinking about playing for Trenton, you know, when we got older, we thought about other, other levels of hockey, but at that age, that's what it was. Um, So he'd probably just be just pumped that he was actually able to do that. And, you know, was able to, I don't think at at seven, I would be thinking about coaching at some point. I think I'd just be so focused on playing, Um, Mm. but you know, he'd probably be pretty, pretty pumped about that. Um, 27 year old uh, talking to a seven year old, Andrew, um, I would tell him to just don't be so hard on himself. Uh, I'm, I'm a naturally a more serious person, type a person. Like I, I, work very hard, but I'm very focused and I stress, um, you know, and uh, that's, that's a strength, but it's also a weakness. It's something Mm -hmm. that I worked on probably more than anything else in the last like three, four years of my life is just, you know, trying to be more balanced. You know, Uh, I've, someone told me once they try to be type A in scenarios that involve themselves and more type B in scenarios that involve others. Meaning mm-hmm. if I'm planning my own day or my own career or my, my workout or my own, you know, my whole schedule, uh, it's okay to be type A with that, you know, just being very strict and very serious with that. But if it involves other people, if I'm making plans with family or friends, or we're going to dinner, or we're trying to figure out what to do, just going with the flow and being more type B, that's probably the better way. Cause you're not stressing everybody else out and you can't, you can't control everything. So um, as far as just being more balanced in life, I'd probably, and, you know, not being so hard on myself. I probably would tell the, the younger seven-year-old Andrew that, that, uh, that side of the story, but 27-year-old Andrew and seven-year-old Andrew is pretty stubborn. So I don't know if I'd want to hear it then. <laughs> no, that makes so much sense. Um, how do you define happiness? So I quickly looked at your note document when you sent that. That was the, that was the, the most difficult one on it. I didn't read too much of the document. I, I quickly scanned it. Um, I think it's just doing things you enjoy with people that you enjoy. So, you know, doing mm-hmm. things you love with people you love or, and they love you or they enjoy being around you. I think that's what it is. Um, you know, whether that's literally just sitting there and talking or uh, it's it's playing hockey, it's coaching hockey, it's watching a movie, it's eating. You know, I don't it doesn't necessarily need to be you know, the, the craziest activity, but if you're doing something that you enjoy and that you love with people that you enjoy and love around you with them, you know, that's, I guess that's really what happiness is. And that's, uh, not, I mean, you get to experience that throughout life, but not every moment of every day, um, Mm -hmm. unless you're, unless you're really lucky. So, um, yeah, I would, I would say it's that. Love that. Love that. So as we, uh, kind of land the plane a little bit. Uh, one last question. So now knowing what you know now at 27 and we have a lot of life to live, mm-hmm. um, what advice would you give to someone, regardless of age, um, that is starting something, whether that be business, um, new job, new career, something new that is not their normal? And uh, yeah, so it's like any advice for them. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, first and foremost, follow with what you what you enjoy or what you feel passionate about. Um, if you're not passionate about it, hopefully you find that at some point. But you know, if you enjoy what you're doing or you're excited about it, you're energized or you know you feel like you in it um, or you feel passionate about it, you're probably going to want to do more of it. You're probably going to get better and, and that type of thing. So um, I would say, you know, hopefully follow what you're what you're passionate about. Uh, treat people the right way. Um, whether that is someone you work with, your family, your friend, some random person, uh, you don't know who they are, you don't know what they're going through, you don't know how your lives are going to cross paths again. So, you know, following what you enjoy, treating people the right way, and then, you know, finding a balance of that work and fun. Um, you know, like I, like I just mentioned, uh, as far as that growth for me and that balance, uh, you're probably not going to get too much or, or get far enough in life if you don't work hard. But you also need to find fun along the way. Uh, there's a lot of time in the day. And, and like you said, we have a lot of uh, life left to live. And sometimes it's, you know, maybe you feel like you're overwhelmed or you're, you're just slammed on the work. The benefit of just kind of chilling out for a minute and taking some time to just, you know, have fun and rejuvenate. Uh, that's very important. So, um, for, I, you know, to summarize, Follow what you're passionate about, treat people the right way, and find balance with work and fun. Um, I guess I would summarize the, in three points of those. Those are good three points. Andrew, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you. Um, I was, when I was thinking of like, if this podcast would work again, I'm like, yeah, it can. Mm -hmm. and then I'm like, who do I bring on? And then I'm like, wait, just look around you and like, we never talked as much as I did with a lot of other people, but mm -hmm. um, I look back and I'm really excited about this, like what life holds. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for where you're going and what you're getting the opportunity to do. And yeah, I think life holds some really cool um, opportunities that you really just have to keep yourself open for. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see where you go and what you get to do with Sawyer Development Institute and with your brother and what the hockey, so the sport of hockey holds for you, but also the sports in general, I think in life in general, um, mm -hmm. I'm just excited for it. Yeah. So, yeah. I appreciate it. I got a question for you. So Absolutely. Uh, name of the podcast, where does that come from? Oh boy. <laughs> um, so I, in a nutshell, I made a painting one night. Um, so I ordered these stencils from Amazon and it was of pineapples, French fries. I think I had like a black Panther stencil. Um, I don't know what I was doing, but I'm like, you know what? We're just going to paint a little bit. And the way I had positioned the stencils, like I did one pineapple, one French fry, and then another pineapple. Then below it, I did like the complete opposite. So like, french fry pineapple french fry mm -hmm. and i just painted it different colors made it to be whatever it was whatever i kind of thought of at that moment mm -hmm. and after i finished the painting i let it sit for about a year and then a year later i'm like i don't know what this means but we're gonna make it mean something pineapples and french fries i love pineapples but i also love french fries yep like together they make no sense <laughs> sure. but um on their own i guess well even together like making sense of something that 
makes no sense to someone else. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, you know what? I'm going to live my life. May not make sense to anyone else. Pineapples, French fries, complete opposites. Um, But making the most of life and what we get the chance to do. So that's in a nutshell. I, I've been thinking about like, what does this mean? And then I'm like, that's what it means. But yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, you chose, you chose two good things. Uh, you know, pineapples are, are very good. French fries are very good too. Uh, chose a good name. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, lastly, where can our friends find you? I know you have an Instagram, um, so if I Instagram, but also a website as well. So, yeah. Um, so as far as, uh, our SDI Instagram, you know, that's, that's where most people, uh, you know, follow us on Instagram. That was, that was kind of the biggest, you know, growth of our, uh, along with, you know, the, obviously like our programs, our Instagram grew, I think we have like 30, just over 30,000 followers right now. Um, should just be Sawyer Development Institute. Uh, same thing with our website, SawyerDevelopmentInstitute.com. Um, yep. Sweet. Well, I think that's it. The plan is landed, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> we all have to go somewhere. Um, but thank you, Andrew. Um, we'll talk soon. We'll talk yep. soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. Hey, all. Thanks for listening to today's episode with Andrew and I. Uh, One of my favorite things we talked about was just believing in yourself when no one else would. Um, It's so cliche, but honestly, when you really think about it, it can solve a lot of problems. So believe in yourself when no one else will. Hey, if you want to uh, stay tuned with what Andrew and his brother are doing with Sawyer Development Institute, follow them on Instagram at Sawyer Development Institute or go to the website SawyerDevelopmentInstitute.com. All this information will be in the show notes below. Um, But hey, uh, so excited that you guys were able to uh, listen to the episode. With that said... When life gives you a, when life gives you mangoes and pineapples, make a smoothie, or you may be able to make a, I don't know, I don't know. Um, hey, I'll see y'all soon. <laughs> bye bye.